Okay, I'm going to start it right now. Shut up. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast. This is the greatest podcast you'll ever listen to in your entire life. Uh, this is the one where we talk about uh, some beers. We talk about our vinyl pickups, some new stuff we've listened to that leads into <laughs> our songs of the week. And we finish up with some new music and other happenings in the music world. My name is Tyler. Way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there, far away in the ether is Jeff. Um, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Now, Jeff, let's uh, let's get right into the beer, fearless beer review. What do we got? What do you have today? When you, when you say like this is the one, like we're on an episode of fucking Friends here. This well, it is, is the, the one, one because this is the like. Well, don't don't phrase it as as because that show is terrible. <laughs> don't phrase it like a Friends show. This is much better than a Friends show. Well, of course, Friends is terrible. It's a terrible. Show. There, there's a lot of things, maybe even all things that are better than than Friends. The TV yeah. show. Yeah, well, Big Bang and Theory is pretty bad. That's true. Two and a Half Men is awful too. Oh, wait, the Ashton phase or the or the Charlie Sheen phase? Both, dude. You're what? Terrible. It's not terrible. terrible show. It's not terrible. It's terrible. You're, uh, we're getting off track here with your stupid <laughs> comments. What are we talking about right now? We're talking Fearless Beer Review. What do you oh, got? Fearless Beer Review. What nasty stout yeah, yeah, do you yeah, have? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I do have a stout, but that's not my, my beer of the week. Um, my oh. beer of the week, I I just had a couple days ago, like three or four days ago. And then mm-hmm. um, we got a a 32-ounce growler. There's a, there's a little gas station down the street from our house that's got like 15, 20, 25 taps at it. Really cool spot. Nice. And we filled up a little growler, a little 32 ounce of, uh, of this beer called Big Blue Van. Okay. Big Blue what Van. What kind of style it's, is it? It's a fruit wheat beer. It's like five Ooh. and a half percent. Um, very heavy in the Ooh. blueberry, very heavy in the vanilla, but uh, it's good. So you've, but, wait, you said you've had it already? I, I just had it like a couple days ago and I was like, oh, that's pretty fucking good. So. Okay. Because that, that has. The possibility of being really bad with the way you described. Uh, okay. it, it does. But if I recall, this tastes like something. And I want to say it tastes like Fruit Loops, but I could oh, be wrong. so good. So I, 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 that's what I think it tastes like. But it's from, it's from College Street Brewing, which is over in Lake Havasu, um, Arizona. Mm-hmm. So uh, okay. that's kind of cool, I guess. Five and a half percent. Yeah. I can't get the fucking cap off. So, yeah, there we go. Yeah, dude, the little right. story on the street sell these little like three dollar glass jug things for thirty two ounce beer is pretty dope. Yeah, is. And that's cool that they let you bring in whatever kind of growler and just fill it there. That's cool. Yeah, usually I bring my that's DJ's really cool. growler. And <laughs> they just don't give a shit. <laughs> 
Okay, um, so you got you got a fruity beer. Um, I got something called uh, Ubadank. This is uh, from a brewery called New Glory Craft Brewery in Sacramento, California. This is a West Coast IPA. Uh, I got it because the label looked kind of cool, and then I realized after I bought it that it has a really cool name too. It's Ubadank. I like that. Ubadank. I like that. Ubadank. Like so Hoobastank. it's uh, six, <laughs> like Ubadank. Yes, it's uh, seven point two percent. And um, West Coast IPAs are pretty damn good generally, so I'm kind of stoked for this. So let's uh, let's let's clink it, yeah. Tink yeah, it. here we go, clink and tink and yeah. Ooh, mm. ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh damn. Ooh, that's four oohs. Ooh, that's a high ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Damn. Okay. What What do you think of yours? I'm I'm curious before I get into this because I yeah, need some this, more sips. This uh this this tastes like Fruit Loops. So <laughs> kind of in the same vein as like that that Lining Kugel. I, I think like the summer mm-hmm. shandy or whatever tastes yeah. like um, fruity pebbles. Yeah, exactly. This this tastes like Fruit Loops. It's good. It's it's light. It's not too it's not too sugary. Not too syrupy. You know, after like a couple sips of the Blue Moon, in that vein, it can get a little too a little too syrupy, a little too sweet. It's a little bit lighter. Yeah, it's kind of gross. But the but the flavor's there. This is good. I like this. Again. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, my um, my Ubadank. This one is fucking good. This is really good. I'm I'm really surprised at how delicious this is. This is uh this is fantastic. It's I'm. It's not super boozy. It's it's kind of sweet, but not like it's not syrupy at all. It's not like a not even like a like a that kind of sweet. It's just like it's it's like a perfect balance of hops and sweetness and just drinkability. Oh, that's this is really good, Jeff. This is solid stuff. Who I would definitely buy this more. Who made that? It's a brewery I've never heard of. It's called New Glory, uh, up in Sacramento. So yeah, I never ever heard of it, but yeah, this is this is really good stuff. Definitely, if they have it in six packs, I would I would pick it up more. But if you ever see it, I I'd recommend it. This is solid stuff. So um, so we have a three point rating system where three is a per- uh, three uh-huh. is a perfect beer, two is a good beer you're going to continue to drink, one is a bad beer but you should at least give it a shot, and zero is a drain pour. So what do you got, Jeff, for your uh, for yours? Um, this, I mean, this is not really set any records here, but it's good. I, I would do like a, I would do a solid two with, with the caveat that I really would drink this more, but mm-hmm. I don't think I'll ever buy this again. This is more of like a, like I'm at a bar, I guess, and it's hot mm-hmm. outside and maybe I'm sitting on the patio cause it gets like 120 <laughs> out here and yeah. I'll get this and then maybe switch to a stout. And then after that, go to my normal Coors Light with limes. But then when, but then see how would it taste once it gets warm? Because if you're outside on the patio when it's 120 degrees, that shit's gonna get warm super quick. Well, the first beer you always finish pretty damn fast anyway. So oh, there's that. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, I, I, I would give it a solid two. Um, it's it's really good, but I don't I don't know how much I could drink this. <laughs> that's that's like most fruity or like sweeter beers. You can never have a lot of them. See, it's like yeah. the same with stouts too. You can't have a ton of stouts. No, that's that's that is also true. Yeah, so you got to stick with the loggers. But mm, well. okay, 
cool cool you got you gave it a two out of three two out of three um so my my uba dank i'm gonna i'm gonna say this is a perfect beer i'm giving this a three this is really good excellent stuff highly recommend it to anybody anybody listening who cares go go try it mike if mike even is even listening Go try it, but he'll probably say no. That's a that's a shitty brewery. No, I'm not gonna try it. That brewery's all run by this guy who did this yeah. thing with this girl, and they are blah blah blah. If I haven't discovered it first, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> so that's Mike. Got him. That's Mike. <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah, we we got anything else on our beers? No, no. Uh, no. Good, good, good start. Good. Good start. Also, real quick, our boy Raul did not leave a comment on Beer Advocate or a review, so that sucks. I'm worried about him. I miss him, so hopefully sometime soon we'll find another one of his reviews. But anyway, uh, let's get into our vinyl pickups uh, leading into the songs of the week. So what do you got, Jeff? Go. Go. Uh, I got a couple things from this dude that I got records from last week, the Pink Floyd guy. Mm-hmm. Oh I, yeah, um, yeah, like the more stuff you bundle with people, the the better discount you're gonna get, right? Of course, of course. The more yeah. shit you buy, they're gonna they're gonna hook you up. So, I I, I got these basically for like six bucks each because they were part mm-hmm. of the bundle deal. But uh, the first one, I guess I'll start with the worst, which is not even that bad. But I got another Judas Priest album, Screaming. Whatever the fuck that album is, it's their eighth album, 1982. But this. Uh, this had the song "You Got Another Thing Coming." Remember mm. that song? Oh, okay, okay. You got yeah, another thing coming. Yeah, everyone knows that song. It's it's funny because I never would have pegged like Judas Priest as as the the originators of this song. Really? Yeah, I, I don't know. Judas Priest, the, the name's too cool, and and this band from like the four albums I've heard have never really been cool to me. They're always just kind Not of not even like, the guitar playing. Nah, it's it's like yeah. it's. It's almost like '80s hair metal, glam metal. It's just not. It's not but hard it enough. It's that. not cool enough. It's not fun enough. It's meh. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. It's lukewarm, but I'll probably purchase <laughs> at some point. Maybe even on the upcoming record show. It's just it was whatever's. Okay. I have a, I have, okay, I have another album by them, and that's also whatever's. And Judas Priest is just like, dude, your fucking name is so cool. And it's from a Bob Dylan <laughs> song, so like you got to bring. Is it really? It. I didn't know that. Yeah. Shit. Okay. It's like you, 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 you got to bring it, and they don't bring it ever. They got to bring it, even though it's a reference to Bob Dylan, who never brings it. I, I, I think it's from one of his. Uh, I think it's from um, one of his his uh, one of the ones we did in the pod a couple of weeks ago. The John, oh, okay. the John Henry, the John Harding, whatever the fuck that album was. I forgot the name was. Yeah, I, I know which one you're talking about, but I can't. I can't remember the name either. So yeah, that was that was that was it. Judas Priest. I, I just I, I don't know, man. I, I'm not a fan, so I probably won't, unless it's part of a bundle deal. I can get it cheaper than I can resell it for. I I won't. I probably won't ever pick it up. But to be fair, I bought it for like six dollars. I'm going to list it at like ten. Yeah, you're not making like this enormous profit from it. I'm not like scalping it and being like a dick about it. But you know, I'm, I don't want my money back because this is not very good. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I get it. I totally get it. Um, another one I got. So that was it for like the bad. Now we're getting to like the okay. But uh, Kiss, their second album, Hotter Than Hell, 1974. This mm. Kiss is kind of like 
a band that I never thought was good ever. And I, I'm still learning to think that they're not terrible, I guess. Yeah. But I got their, uh, I got their alive, alive, live album. And I, I really thought like that's, that. I think it's a banger. I think it's fucking fantastic. One of the coolest live albums that I've still have heard listening to vinyl. I think it's amazing. And Kiss okay. are a lot better than I ever gave them credit for. And this is good. This is pretty good. Like I really dig it and and there's some really killer guitar solos in here and I that just make me like as a like remembering as a kid why I wanted to be like a rock star. And that type of soloing, that type, that era of soloing, this was 74. So like that 70s era of, of just fucking being obnoxious. Mm-hmm. This is so good. And dude, these guys rock. And the album cover is really cool. It's it's kind of ugly, but it's still kind of cool in its own way. It's <laughs> one thing I never would have thought you would ever say is that a Kiss album is one, really good. And one of their album covers is really cool. Do you I have mean, it pulled just, up? No, it, it's what is it? Uh, hotter than hell. Right? Hotter than hell. Pull it up on your phone. It's just so bizarre. I, I, I would have never thought. I never even seen this until I picked it up, and I would have never thought oh, Kiss okay. to do an album cover like this. It's it's very psych. It's very like psychedelic or uh, like Beatles, like Sgt. Pepper. Fucking that, stupid. <laughs> it has that that same color scheme. Yeah, but these guys, dude, these guys released seven albums in six years in the seventies. And then yeah. they also each released a solo album in the 70s. So kind of really? like 11. Ele- yeah, they did the Gene, Stanley, whatever, the, all the four with their faces on. Those like four solo albums while they were still doing Kiss. All oh, in the 70s. Okay. So like 11 albums in the 70s. And not even like from 1970 to 1979. It was like 1973 to 1979. Just and a, <laughs> a shit ton of music they put out in the 70s. Interesting. Okay. I, I need to get into it. I don't know why I've been dragging my feet on it, but if anything, just just pick up the alive live. I know, album. or at least listen to it on Spotify or something. Because it's good, man. It's it's surprisingly good. I'll, I mean, I'm I'm willing to give it a shot. That's for sure. That's my boy. I can't believe you're you're a Kissman now. I'm that's, a Kissman. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Kiss me. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of live albums. I actually got two live albums this week. One, George Thorogood, mm-hmm. his live album. Uh, it's just called Live. This is his live album from 86. It came out after his fifth album. Album? Album. album. Yes, album. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> that it's, was dumb. Dude, it's rad. George Thorogood is so fucking cool. I mean, most of his, if not all of his songs, are essentially the same thing. But... He is so rad. He's just he's just so fun. He's so entertaining. He's so energetic. And this entire album starts off like the crowd's cheering and it swells in. And you can tell he's coming on stage because they're getting significantly louder. And he comes on stage and he just says, and away we go. And then he's fucking right into it. The drum start, the bass starts. He starts noodling and it just immediately kicks off. And it's a banger that, album. That's actually a really cool way of just starting a show, starting a song. <laughs> just walk like, out and away we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's so simple it's so simple but it like who the fuck says that that's cool that's cool i i so i had this guy's first five albums 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 yeah. plus his live album and and like i said a lot of his stuff is very very dissimilar very very just based on like that that basic blues riff 
but it's it's all fun. It's all fun, and you just can't you can't help but love this guy. He's so cool. I have the one album, and that was really good. I really really liked it. Which one do you? It have? was the um. It was the one. Oh my god! What the fuck is the name of it? What's the cover look uh, like? It well, Tim on the cover, and it's like a lot of blues and greens on it. Oh, that's Maverick. That's his fifth one, right? Oh, I might be. I don't remember the name of it right now, but it was really good. It's like half blue, half like maybe pink. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that's I don't Maverick. Remember. That that was the one that came out right before this album. Okay, okay, and that's a banger of an album. It was good. And I ended up getting it for free from you because remember you got you you found the record just by itself without a, a sleeve. <laughs> and then later that day we got a crate of stuff and then that crate ended up just being a jacket of that same record. So what the I hell? Just, really? Yeah. That's what ended up happening. Yeah. It was a loose record. And then we got a jacket later that day Damn. or no, it wasn't a crate. We went to, I think we got, I think we, you found the, the record by itself at, at, uh, Aldo's and then we found the jacket at Nichols and it was just <laughs> like a weird coincidence, but no, that's how I got it. It was meant to be. Great record. Great record. And away we go. That's That's really cool. That's really cool. Another live album I got. This is kind of like a mini, a mini grail, I guess. Mm -hmm. This is something I've been looking for since we started. Because the first, the first group, CCR, I wanted to get all of their albums for. So all their studio albums, plus their three only official live albums. Woodstock being one, and then one without um, Tom, Tom Fogarty mm-hmm. being the other. And then the third one was this one. I don't have the Woodstock one, but that was just pressing like 2016. But this, oh, third, okay. this third one um, came out in 1980, but it was recorded in 1970. And it was, it was, it's called Live at the Albert Hall. And what's kind of unique about this one, it was, it was mistakenly labeled and represented as being live at the Royal Albert Hall, but in actuality, it was recorded at the Oakland Coliseum. What? So that's that's a big boo boo. So on all the How original pressings, make... on all the original pressings, well, somebody fucked up. On, on the original pressings, it says like clear as day on the top, like live from the Royal Albert Hall, and it, that's completely not true. And so they started huh. repressing them with the correct label, which just said like live in concert, uh-huh. but the older ones. That's had the live at Albert Hall. They just like the record label or the stores. They just put stickers on it that would say that would basically tell you what's going on, like an explanatory <laughs> sticker. That's so the, a big the, fuck up. That's a oh, really yeah, big it's fuck huge. Up. It's it's so stupid. Wow. <laughs> like how it's can so, that even be a thing? Like it's <laughs> not like it was a, it, like they misspelled it or it was something similar. Like it's it's not the same fucking weird. continent. Like how, how yeah. do you mess that up? That's, that's great so but great. the but the version that i have is the live at the albert hall version and it has a, the like the explanatory sticker on it so oh that's cool that's not really, that any of that makes a jacket? fucking difference but i think it's really cool is the sticker on the jacket itself or was it is it still have the shrink wrap on it yeah it's still on the shrink so i kept the shrink on it but it's just you know it's a killer live album and i mean they sound exactly how they do on, on the album as they do live in the studio. It's there, which is something you don't like. So I'm surprised you're I, so willing to, to have that, to even have this in your collection because I don't want to quite buy a greatest hits album by them. 
because that's literally the exact same thing as I already have. Mm-hmm. But this is the next best thing because the songs are a little bit different. They do a little bit different things here and there. But this is essentially just the greatest hits for Credence. And I don't have this one and I like it. So that's, I guess that's like a, a the next best thing of buying a greatest hits is buying a live album by a band that sounds exactly the same in studio as they do live. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Then that's CCR. Mm-hmm. Not that it's Damn, bad or so good. good. It's just, yeah, you know, whatever. They're what so a good. run. What a run. <laughs> Such a short run, too. But what a run. <laughs> it's crazy to think how, how the amount of time that they were actually around. It, it's crazy. All those bands, too. The Beatles, too. The Beatles were only around for like 10 years. And look at all the shit that they fucking did. It's nuts. It's it's, it's, nuts. it's interesting because because like like the Beatles, and they're not even like from America, but CCR is like so ingrained in our culture whether you like know it or not, CCR songs are are fucking everywhere. They are, yeah. If you not go even anywhere, it's gonna be just playing. just like the instrumental parts, like "Fortunate Son" and "Proud Mary." Like this, these are things that you hear at malls alongside of a lot of Beatles songs. Mm-hmm. And CCR is just it's just a band that everybody knows probably most of their songs, but don't even realize it. Yeah, they don't even know who they are. They just know the songs because they've heard right. them a million times. That's crazy. I, it's crazy. To I don't think know, about. man. Hi- historic, and they can't even enjoy it. <laughs> True. Um, All right. I got Focus Three, their mm-hmm. third album, Focus Three. Great fucking album. This what do is, you think of it? This is like a live album. It was just. It was so. It was so like jammy. It reminded me of Santana a lot, and it was. Yeah, it was great. It was fucking weird. Like it's. Dude, but it was drummer, so good, right? The drummer has like this seven-minute drum solo, and then <laughs> like everything else on this album just seems really fun. Everything's lighthearted. Like none mm-hmm. of these guys are taking anything very serious, and it's just this sounds like a band practicing, and it just so happened to be recorded at the same time. I know that's and that's kind of what when you read about it, that's kind of how it was. Like they were just kind of in the studio; they just kept writing and writing and recording. Like they just weren't stopping. Oh, it's so good. I, I think I mean I was I was blown away when I when I threw it on. It's fucking good. This is my this is my third focus album. Mm-hmm. I have I guess I have two, three, and four. And this I mean this is like hands down easily the best out of the three that I have. Uh I would the first one's really good too. Like the first and third one are because I have I have one I have one, two, three, and then I have seven. I think it's six or seventh. And that one is okay, but the first and third, oh my god, dude, they're 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 neck and neck for how great they are. So good. Second one's really good too, obviously, but the first and the third record, solid, solid output. Great band, underrated band, forgotten band. It's unfortunate. I I Very definitely think that they're underrated. I don't know about forgotten. You you have to be like thought about to be forgotten. Were they ever uh, really thought about? No, I guess not. I, I, I see what you mean. I think one of the reasons why they never really blew up, too, was because their biggest song was Hocus Pocus, and that song is so weird in itself with the 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 yodeling and the flute playing and the whistling, and it's a wild song. And so I think that probably turned a lot of people off, even though it was their most popular song, to where they wouldn't even go check out the other stuff. But their other stuff isn't even that wacky. It's just solid, solid prog rock. 
they deserve more more credit. Definitely deserve more credit. Yeah, the the Hocus Pocus song is. I love is, the song though, it, but it's not a good indicator of, of what the band is. Mm-hmm. It's it is like an outlier. It showcases how good they are, but as a song, it's it's too wild. Yeah, it's a mess. But but like ah, like like wild for the sake of being wild. Because Focus Three, this one is is very wild and and it's it's just it's, it's like fucking. It reminded me of Santana a lot. I listened to a lot of Santana after this too because I was in the mood. But yeah. like Santana just had a lot of like just jam sessions and everybody just kind of let each other do their thing and, and come together at the end and. Mm-hmm. It was like, like I said, it, it reminded me of like a live album, but yeah, it makes it wasn't. sense, man. All right, what else you got? Um, Tyler the Creator, Tyler the Creator. God, so weird. Yeah, I I can't get into him. I just I've tried. Uh, well, this is so like I I I got his fifth album, Igor. Um, this was 2019. This one's good. This one's good because it's not. It's not like a traditional hip hop album. It's it's very pop. It's very pop oriented. Even Tyler himself, when I think it won like a Grammy or some something, he was mm-hmm. kind of upset because it won like best hip hop album when it, he thought it should have won best pop album. And it is very pop oriented. There's a lot of producers, a lot of a lot of guest stars, but it's kind of cool. It's kind of conceptual. It tells like a story beginning to end, and I don't know. It's really good. I I. Hmm. I don't really like a lot of his stuff, but I think Igor's fucking fantastic. Interesting. I'll, I'll give it a shot because yeah, I've only ever heard hip hop stuff from him, and I don't know. I just I didn't click with me at all. Just the beats didn't get to me. the The vocal delivery I just thought was whatever. Just not for me, I guess. I don't know. I'd give it a shot though. This one, the Igor I'm not, album. Yeah, I'm not like a huge Tyler the Creator fan or whatever, but. He's always kind of been like that alternative hip hop, you know, yeah. the bridge between like hip hop and like rock type of music. And has he? Yeah, like his this I think his like first or second album is is it's like it's like alternative hip hop and a lot of rock elements and he adds a mm-hmm. lot of um I don't know, like soul and funk, but not in the traditional hip hop sense where they're sampling yeah. it and using it as bass lines, but more like vocal melodies and things like that. Interesting. Okay. Maybe we should do a record sometime. You know? Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. We'll put it on our on our extensive list of like yeah. thirty albums to do. Stuff that's never gonna get done. Oh, uh, we'll do Savage Garden someday. You know we will. That's mm, well. well we'll do Savage Garden and we'll do Papa Roach someday. Those will be the ones. Papa Roach that's that has more chance of getting done than Savage Garden. I can also I can also overrule and say we are doing Savage Garden. That is that is true. If you feel that passionate about Savage Garden, you <laughs> you, you can make an executive decision. Neither of us have done that yet, so that's that's also a good sign that neither of us have made that that executive decision. So that'll happen. Well, I now. kind of did with with one for the kids. I I I pushed that because it was the the anniversary, the twentieth anniversary. But it, but it wasn't really pushing it because I was so willing to do it. So there was no, there was no, there was no fighting, no pushback for me. So, but That's there's going to be fighting with you when it comes to Savage Garden. I mean, without a so doubt. many fucking albums. To, why would you want to do Savage Garden? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> God. They had one of the biggest hits of the '90s. I don't give a Come no, on. dude. Fucking uh, the '90s? Are you kidding me? '90s belongs to Marcy Playground. That is it. Good night. What about Nirvana? Call it a day. Nir- Nir- who? 
Naar hoe? My next album, my god. That was really bad. <laughs> my next album, my god. I didn't think uh. I was going to get. I didn't think I was going to get because Discog said that it was one of the most popular <laughs> albums of the year 2021 thus far. And I was like, what the fuck? Who's buying this album? Like Discog was saying that it's on par with like oh yeah, yeah Ziggy yeah. Stardust, and it's on par with like Zeppelin Records or Sgt. Pepper's, and then AFI Black Sails in the Sunset <laughs> is one of the most popular albums. Like what the who the fuck is buying this? <laughs> it had to have been like a typo or something or like a I don't know that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it makes no sense. Like there are Ma- <laughs> there's a solid like ten to fifteen to twenty albums that pretty much everybody owns or everybody buys or everybody at some point has in their possession and black sales in the sunset is not on that list. No, not at all. Maybe, maybe it was supposed to be like one of the, the best selling, uh, in like the rock genre or the punk genre, but overall, no, that doesn't make any fucking sense. So I, I got scared and, and I've been putting, buying this off for a while just because it's always available. And like, this is not, I don't know, this is not like their most popular album, so I was never worried about it. And then yeah. Amazon didn't have it anymore, and then I couldn't really find it anywhere. And then I got scared because when we did <laughs> AFI last time on the pod, this mm-hmm. this rose up to my number one spot. This is my favorite. This is my favorite that's, AFI record. That's so silly. That one means like it's not silly. That is so silly. This is like the perfect bridge between the early AFI and then everything else after this. So it's not. It's not that silly. It's silly. But it's anyways, silly. Amazon had it as like a back order. Mm-hmm. And I don't like doing the back orders because you're basically just giving them your money and without like any expectation of really ever getting it in return. Yeah. Right. Because you got kind of fucked over by the Weezer thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was on back order too. And I bought um, everything will be all right in the end for like 18 bucks or like, it was super cheap. And I don't mm-hmm. know, like weeks later, it was like, hey, by the way, here's your refund. And I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot to order that. <laughs> so like back order, you, you, you're giving somebody your money and then hoping that they that they refund you. And luckily, Amazon's, I guess, a more honest company. But I've heard other companies like SRC Vinyl will do back order stuff. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And that's how they increase like their own capital is they'll, they'll put back orders on like a, a release with no intention of ever pressing it or ever releasing it just to get that that capital up to invest in other things or whatever. I don't know. That's so shady. It's it's so all shady. shady. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want to do it, but I was just, I was, I was scared, but I did it and it <laughs> came and I, I got it for, you know, 20 bucks, like how it was everywhere else. But it said black. It said the, the, the color was black. And so I was like, whatever, that's fine. I don't, I don't care that much, but it wasn't black. It was fucking was gray that, white. that gray cloud mm-hmm. thing. It looks really cool. It is, and I was super stoked, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Amazon like elevated here. They don't. <laughs> I mean, they don't like under elevate, but they give you what you order. They don't ever like yeah, throw yeah. on extras. They don't. They don't ever. You know, they, they, no cherries. No cherries are ever given out by Amazon. But this was a cherry that they gave me. Mm-hmm. I have the and same variant. It's really cool. It's, it's fucking really cool. awesome, and it's yeah. it sounds fantastic, and it looks great. And this is their best album, so I was super oh, stoked. Dude, get out of here, man. There's like. Six other albums that are better than Black, or seven other albums. You're fucking insane. There are not six albums. I I would have given you three. I would have given you three, but six. Come on. Yeah, six. The only ones, the only ones that are not as good as Black Sales, are Sing the Sorrow 
What? Um, Sing the Sorrow is not as good as Black Cells. Black Cells is better than Sing the Sorrow. Black Cells is better than Burial's Blood Album. That's it. Wow, That's you it. are yeah. you are so mistaken that it's it's <laughs> it's actually not funny. No, it's the truth. Wow. I mean, I I am a I am a I've been a fan for a long time, so I've I've seen the ups and downs. I I know my I know my AFI, and Black Sales is is toward the bottom of the the rankings. It's just the way she goes, boys. I don't even the know if you goes. even if you even like listen to Black Sales in the sunset. <laughs> that's that's the thing. I don't. Uh, I can't tell I, you how many times I've listened to that album over the years. I can so tell you how many times, times you've listened to the album. That's zero. <laughs> that's how many times. I, I know exactly how many times. Six albums? Get the fuck out of here with your six albums. I know you're a big Man. December Underground fan because you think that's a good album. That's a, that's, that's a cool it's album. Not. Yeah, Crash it's not. Cool. It's a great it's, album, too. It's edgy. It's cool, man. You know, whatever. But no. And you hate Miss... Don't you hate Miss Murder? Yeah, Miss Murder is a terrible song. <laughs> but the the album <laughs> the album is really good. Miss Murder is like one of their worst songs. Outside of like Snow Cats and a couple things off of uh Burials and Blood. Yeah, Miss Murder is terrible. Absolutely terrible. But mm-hmm. anyway. Anyway. Okay. What well, else what what else you got? That's it. That leads me into my uh um, oh, okay. my my pick, my pick of the week. My pick of the week is uh, this this group called the Chambers Brothers. Never heard yeah, of what them. What is this? Um, I I just I this came out as like a request, kind of. I I asked the dude over at Nichols. I said, "Hey man," because he always has like this cool like acid rock hey, in man. the metal section. I said, "Hey man, <laughs> hey you you like how like it talks like Chong basically. They're, like one of the guys talks <laughs> like Chong. Talks exactly like Chong all the time." Okay, and so I, I think I did say, "Hey man," like, "Hey man." <laughs> and I told him what I was looking for, and I said, I'm always over here looking into like the acid rock stuff. And he's like, Oh, you should check this out. And I had never heard of it. And he's like, Yeah, they're really good. They're like a sixties group. They kind of they kind of started they're from LA. originally from I don't know, I somewhere else, Mississippi or something. I think it's from Mississippi. But mm-hmm. four brothers eventually went out to LA and started off doing like gospel stuff, choir stuff in their church, and then formed a band. And became kind of like the first psychedelic soul band. And interesting, yeah. I was like, okay, that sounds interesting. He was like, yeah, they only had really one one hit. And that was from this album called The Time Has Come. And the song, The Time Has Come. 11 minute song. And mm-hmm. um, it kind of, it, it, it showcases like what this group's about. And they're fucking rad. Like they played at uh, at the folk festival with Bob Dylan, the the the, fa- the infamous oh, okay. one, I guess. Yeah, and they played at like a jam session after the folk festival ended, where where Dylan played like all acu- or all electric, and they played the folk festival, and people were were kind of like, "Who the fuck is like? What the hell's going on here?" Because they're pretty much like all African American, and so oh, and I th- all, yeah, I think yeah. like the folk festival. Folks were probably like, what the fuck? These guys are playing a folk festival, but they sound like this. And they're not like the Grateful Dead. I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> Smack so, dab in the middle of the civil rights movement. Yeah. I just, <laughs> dude, they're fucking rad, man. And there's like four brothers, the Chambers brothers. There's four of them. Can there you, was four of it, them. Think of the balls that these guys had on them to these four African-American dudes going to a fucking folk festival during that time. Like that is a ballsy move. Four, four, four African American dudes and a white guy. 
was 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 the band. <laughs> Fuck. This was cool though. I I listened to the entire record. This was really good. I would love to have this. It was like if six you if bucks. you if you see it again, pick it up for me because I probably won't see it because California sucks. I just I mean but, I would never even the, the cover is just I don't know it looks fine. It's just the Chambers Brothers. I don't know. It looks it, like it would be like a um, yeah. This would this is not something that would be interesting. It looks like looks like it would be like a religious album or I don't even know. Like just a like a boring typical run of the mill sixties band. Yeah, it just doesn't pop. And like the back of it is just them five in like suits and ties, kind of just standing in like a black and white picture. And like like nothing about this album really pops, the cover wise. So yeah. I've probably passed over many times, which is unfortunate. But damn, dude, this song was just an absolute banger and this album was fucking ridiculous. It was good. It was really good. So do you want me to play this from the beginning or do you have a timestamp? I did not timestamp. I probably should have, but I didn't. So okay. You do you. Well, here's uh, Time Has Come Today from the uh, the Chambers Brothers. So here we go. Mm-hmm. There you go. The Chambers Brothers. Time has come today. That's only a that's only a fraction of this song. Like Jeff said, it's eleven minutes long. And we got through two and a half minutes. It's uh it's quite the ride, but it's it's worth it. Well worth it. Hmm. 
So good stuff. That was a great pick. And like I said, I would love to have this album. That was, a, so you good. know, that was that was a wreck. That was a wreck from the Hey Man from Tommy Chong over at Nichols. So <laughs> hey huge man. shout out. Dude, I love the Cheech and Chong movies. I, and I don't know why. I don't know why because I don't smoke. I never did. Never my thing. But something about those movies that I love. Ah, it's so stupid. I've actually never seen a Cheech and Chong movie in its entirety. I mean, there's there's only really two that are good. The other the other stuff is, you know, it, it's all right. Especially Up in Smoke. Obviously, the first one so good. Nice Dreams was good too. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, does, nothing matters. Nothing matters. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, you. Is that all you got for the vinyls or what? Yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's it. I, I have I actually have a lot of backlog now, but this week has been good. I listened to a lot of my old stuff this week, and it was nice. Ah, what a nice feeling that is. Dude, what one a night, nice feeling. One night was strictly like Latin stuff. I listened to like all of my Latin jazz, Willie Cologne, a lot of Santana, and it was just okay. It, it was fucking good. It was so awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> it does good. Sound, ah, what a good night. What a good night. But I've been feeling that same way too because over this last week or late or early last week, I finished all my backlog as well. I was I ended up being home all day, so I just spun records all fucking day, got through all the rest of my backlog, and then ever since then, it's just been, you know, cycling through stuff I haven't listened to since I got it. Like Haley Williams, I haven't listened to that Haley Williams record since I got it almost a year ago, and I did that with a bunch of records too. I was just totally stoked on it so yeah it's been nice so um the stuff i'm going to go through is pretty much the remaining the remaining records in my backlog and the first one here is the story of return of the jedi this is a picture disc on side a is uh, wicket the ewok and then on side b is luke skywalker on the uh on jabba's uh sail barge and uh it was cool i mean it's what you expect it's star wars it tells the story of that entire movie and has scenes from the from the movie actually played that played on it the narrator is cool he's, he does a good job all around it was good i i this is a good purchase very good purchase yeah and um what else did i get oh i got this um i got this herbie man record i don't even remember where i got it it might have been in arizona no because i would recognize the sticker i i got it here i don't remember where i got it though and it's a uh, it's his record called impressions of the middle east uh came out in 1967 and uh and it's kind of it's what it says it's it's like a jazz record but with like middle eastern tinges to it not like overly overly one or the other it it was a nice blend of it all and it was a solid listen through i really really enjoyed it and uh and i mean if anybody out there is into herbie man or jazz in general i think this is a this is a good purchase for anybody so i definitely recommend it he did a really good job blending those two, especially considering he's he's Brazilian, so it's very much of that. He's known for his bossa nova and, and samba stuff, but there wasn't a lot of that on this record. There's more straightforward jazz with with more like Middle Eastern Indian uh, influence in there. Good hmm. stuff, though. How much was uh, it? Do you remember? Like I think it was like or less? six dollars. I think oh, it was like okay. six bucks. It was worth it, though. It was worth it. it comes in like a like a, a gatefold, so it's not like just. I don't know. It, it, it's a nice presentation. It has cool, like really cool artwork. It's very, 
you know, middle, it has very, has that Middle Eastern look to it. Like the, the mosaic, not mosaic. What am I trying to say? I don't know, but it's cool. It's good. Good stuff. Okay. Uh, this next one, I think I got maybe at Aldo's or Nichols. I don't know, but, uh, it's Les McCann and Eddie Harris. It's oh, the live, the Swiss yeah, movement, the Swiss movement. Yeah. BZ, I gave that one to you. Is they, did you give it to me or did yes. they get it from one of those places? No, I got it because I, I love that album. And then <laughs> I got myself a better copy because your copies are very oh. staticky. So yeah. I bought myself a better copy and then gave you my old one. Yeah, it was good. It wasn't that, it wasn't that staticky. It wasn't that bad. No, it's you need it quiet. Like my copy's fucking quiet as a mouse. Okay, I I believe you. I mean, it, you could hear the surface noise, but it wasn't it wasn't outrageous. Dude, that album is so fucking good. Are you fucking kidding good. me? Yeah, it was really good. Are you I, I was my ass? really surprised. No, I was really surprised <laughs> at how good it was. And this uh, is uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm, no, I'm no, excited. no. I'm, excited. I'm getting saying? my head in myself. Do your thing. Okay. Let me sit back. So. This is, a, like you said, it's a live album. came out in 69 at the, the Montreux, uh, however you pronounce that, <laughs> uh, jazz festival. And uh, it was actually an impromptu performance. Like they kind of, they were just kind of thrown out there and they, this is what came of that, that performance. And then what I thought was really cool was that Atlantic Records ended up buying the soundboard recording from the festival organizers for less than $100 and then this ended up blowing up that year and being one of the being like I think the the best selling jazz record of that year, and they paid less than a hundred dollars for it. Yeah, and they made all that fucking money, but it's solid. It's really it's a really good performance. Dude, not only very, was like was like this completely just like on the spot made up, but these guys Les McCann, Eddie Harris, they never even played together before. Yeah, I know. They, they it's were so both cool. just like fans of each other. Like, hey, dude, you want to do something? Yeah, okay, let's do it. And then. Like this happened, and it's unbelievably good. This is one of my it's favorite really jazz cool. albums that I have. I, I would like to have a better copy of it for sure, but I mean, I'd oh, like my. Oh, well, I thought it wasn't a lot of static. Well, it's not that bad, but I mean, I would pay. I would pay money to buy like a better sounding or a better sounding record. Yeah, for sure. I bought I bought your copy at Grace for three dollars when we first started collecting, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And then I bought my copy for six dollars at Aldo's, which oh. is much, much better. I'd pay six bucks for it for sure. For sure. So that was a that was a really good one. It took me forever to listen to it, but glad I did. Actually everything I, I everything that, that was remaining in my backlog was all very good. Well at least the stuff I'm gonna talk about. Because there actually I take it back. There was like a good seven or eight records in my backlog that I just were just I just could not do. Could not get into. But mm. This stuff that I'm going to be talking about coming up is also very good. It's actually very good. Uh, the next one here is the Dave Brubeck Quartet. Um, it's his, it was released in 62. I don't know which one this is like in the span of his career, but it's the record Countdown, Time in Outer Space. I guess it was like considered kind of a concept record only based on the time signatures of the record. So the the beginning and end of this record the beginning and start are let me th- let me try to okay so the beginning and end of the record are in four four time signatures time signatures and then everything in between just like fluctuates and varies throughout the song so there's like all these highs and lows and i mean, i didn't really pick up on it cuz i'm not that attuned to to jazz music and just i guess musical theory in general 
but reading more about it it was it was really interesting like it, that's really cool and and it was i guess it was um it came off like the heels of his most successful record with of the time and people were kind of disappointed but it still sold really well but i don't know it was really cool i enjoyed it it was a good jazz record totally. so and i think i got this one from nickels i think i think it was like a two dollar record at nickels so it's good good stuff uh That's the tight. next one here more jazz uh this is the john coltrane quartet this is uh africa brass it's his eighth record came out in 61 uh it was the first album on the impulse record label and wh- who he ended up staying with until he died but um it was cool i mean it was a little bit more of like a big band sound which i wasn't which you know i'm not really into i thought it was going to be more of like a world sounding record but it was still cool it, for what it was it was it was solid and it wasn't overly big band if that makes sense it's interesting and they call it africa brass and then make it like big band sounding yeah and then i was looking at the uh the people who played on it too and it wasn't even a quartet it was like it was his initial it was like his quartet that he used all the time but then there was like six or or five or six other musicians who played on the record like with like the french horn the trumpet um and like a tuba or something like that so it was definitely much more big band and I just don't know why it was labeled as the John Coltrane Quartet, but surprisingly, even though it was a John Coltrane record, it it, it was uh it got ranked pretty high, like it was or it was reviewed pretty high, which we've noticed in with jazz records that doesn't happen very often. But yeah, but this one did, so it was good stuff. Um, the, this is the last jazz thing. Johnny Smith, uh, he's he's a guitar player. He was a guitar player, jazz guitarist. Uh, kind of a tragic, st- not a tragic, well, I guess it's a tra- tragic story. He left the music biz in the 60s, or no, the 70s. I don't remember, whatever decade, because his wife died <laughs> and he, he he left California with his daughter and he moved to Colorado, and or they moved to Colorado and he raised his daughter and never looked back, never got into the music and music biz again, just played some shows here and there, taught at a local college, but that was it. But he was he was up and coming, he was blowing up, he was... He was playing like on not Johnny Carson, whoever was before Johnny Carson. Uh, he was playing in that band. Like he was all over the place, and he's a great guitar player. And I only found out about him by accident because of Stan Getz, because he did a record with Stan Getz, and I bought that record. And I just his guitar playing just was so cool on it. it was so good. His tone is awesome. And then this one too. This is this record is only guitar playing. There's nothing else. So, which was really weird and I wasn't expecting it, but really stoked with it. And, uh, oh, I didn't even say the name of the record. It's the man, the man with the blue guitar. So this one, uh, this one came out in 62 and it's really good. Is his guitar blue on the cover? Uh, Oh, blue. I get it. Like melancholy. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's, it's really good. Like his, his guitar tone is. It's so smooth sounding. I, I can't even explain it. He's his guitar playing is just so so rad. What album did I guess he do with Stan Getz? What? What album did he do with Stan Getz? Well, Stan Getz was on one of his records. It's called Moonlight in Vermont. Do you remember we talked oh, about yeah. that? Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I bought that because it was like it was some deal on Discogs. Like it was like whatever whatever user or whatever seller on Discogs was listing stuff as like, oh, you know, buy thirty or buy $30 of records, you get free shipping. 
So I'm like, so I bought a bunch of Stan Getz and some other stuff too. And this happened to be one of them. And then I ended up really, really liking his guitar playing. And his, it's great. And he even had a, um, a custom guitar too from Gibson. Gibson actually reached out to him back, or back in the 80s after he had already retired from music. And they got with him and he ended up creating a custom, uh, custom, custom Gibson with them, which I guess you could still buy to this day. I forgot the name of it. It has a particular name, but I forgot. But no, he's, um, check out Johnny Smith. He has a lot of records. He played on a lot of records. And uh, great, great guitar player. Not to be mistaken with Jimmy Smith, who you will see all the time in the jazz section. But Johnny Smith is the guitar, this is the great guitar player. So there you go. I only have a few things left. And uh, Buck Owens is one of them. I got, actually had two of his records I hadn't listened to, but one of them was just so was so beat up and it just was constantly skipping and looping. So I just, I threw it in my purge pile and unfortunately, but the other one is, uh, it's his self-titled. It's his first self-titled. Uh, it's his debut record came out in 1960. Uh, his second record was also a self-titled, which was kind of annoying, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, but no, this one was good. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's Buck Owens, man. What do you expect? He, he has, he has a very unique style, the Bakersfield sound, which we've talked about extensively when we did um catch a tiger by the tail or tiger by the t- by a tail yeah and um yeah so it was good i mean it's i've what got a tiger expect. by the tail i've got a tiger by the tail okay. <laughs> there, you go. there you go well what was the one you got rid of uh i i don't remember it it had a red cover uh, but i really don't i don't remember right now okay all right well yeah this first one i don't uh, i don't think i have that one i've i only have three by him one being alive at the carnegie hall Oh, okay. Yeah, this is only my second one I have. And then this this is the one where... No, and actually, no, I have three. But I don't remember the other one I have right now. But no, this one has the... It's like a like a old beat-up barn, like on a farm. Kind of a little bit in the distance. That's what this cover is. But hmm. it, it was good. It was a good record. Solid record. Uh, no complaints. And uh, the next one here, this one you, you gave to me, or I don't even remember the the whole story behind it but it's melanie and the record four sides of melanie this long ass fucking record luckily it's good so it wasn't torturous to get through and i i am keeping it i'm not purging it yeah this is good this is good this is really good it was what i was kind of expecting but why i brought i brought various songs here and there as my pick of the week and and this was part of like an original purge or um, backlog that I had that I was dreading this one because it just looks so fucking boring. It looks so <laughs> well, dumb. Well, it's just so long. That That's the thing. Yeah, it's, and it's long. It's two LP. No, is it three? Two. It's two. It's two. It's for sure two, maybe three. I can't remember. And it's a pain in the ass to fold up to. Yeah. Then maybe it is three. Well, I can't even remember now, but. But I, it, it just, it took me forever to listen to it because I just didn't want to like sit down that long for something I knew nothing about. Yeah. And uh, and I did, and I purged this one, but I gave it to you because I wanted you to listen to it. And then I ended up buying like six of her albums because I think she's phenomenal. She's really good. She's very, very good. But I don't know if I would be willing to buy more of her records because this is already a lot. Like this, you, I, I can get my, my fix of Melanie from this record. Yeah, I mean, you have so. like basically like the greatest hits across like three albums. So yeah. you have a lot of Melanie already. Yeah, this it was a lot, but it was it was a great listen through, and I, apparently she's very popular too, or she was very popular. So 
but I had never heard of her until you brought her to the pod a while back. She so just has like cool. a really, she has like a beautiful voice and, and yeah. coupled with like a, her basic stripped down acoustic guitar playing all the time. I think it's just, it's fantastic. It's like the, like a, like a female version of Bob Dylan with very strong melodies. Yeah. Not annoying. And I, I hear every once in a while I hear, I, I hear Regina Spector in there too. Kind of her, the way she delivers her, her lines. Yeah. Kind of Regina Spector, which is cool. Always good. Always a good thing. Yeah. That was good. Uh, and then this last thing here was another one that I was very just kind of putting off because it's, it's three, it's three LPs. It's a, it's a lot. And it's the, the Woodstock, the Woodstock live oh, album. Dude. Fucking. And this is what I, I listened to the Woodstock album and then I was like already on a roll and I was like, fuck it. I'll just do the Melanie record. So I, it was just, I did the Woodstock, then Melanie and it was just, it was a lot. It was a lot, but the Woodstock was solid, especially the the last the last side or maybe last two sides, the one with Santana and Hendrix. Oh, like, the, yeah, the last the last side is just I think it's just it's all Hendrix, Hendrix, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. And I think oh. Santana has like half of the the side before that, and yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. There was a low point, but I can't remember who it was. It was somebody I'd never heard of. It wasn't John Sebastian. I think it was after that performance. I was just like. Oh, kind of like not bored i was just like dude i want to get along with it i just want to keep going and then santana hit and i was just like oh i'm in i'm totally in with this it was great absolutely great there's uh i mean like that so there's two woodstocks like the the big ones there's woodstock one that soundtrack and then there's woodstock two i don't know if you have both of them but i know i mean obviously this this one yeah but the second one got a lot better reviews people liked it a lot more because it took out a lot of the a lot of the downtime from the first one, a lot but of like, there, there, like there's a lot of announcements. There, there's a lot of, of talking to the crowd about where to go for bathrooms and, and where yeah. to get the food. But like, why would you want to take that out? That was part of the whole experience. It was, I liked it. I liked that part of it. That's the best part of it. Like making me feel like I'm at Woodstock. Yeah. That's, that's the point of this. And and I, it's like, it's over two hours and it's just, it's such a killer fucking comp. And, and there's a lot of people that I, I discovered through this comp, like Richie Havens, the guy that mm-hmm. essentially opened Woodstock because somebody else couldn't play and they asked him to do it. And he's like, okay. And then just like, I don't know, Woodstock in general is just, it's so interesting. <laughs> like how yes. everything just came together. So sloppy. So, so shittily how terrible everything was the planning and just how amazing it was yeah it it was something that should have never happened but for whatever reason it worked out it'll never happen again and it's tried to be replicated and then it will never nothing like woodstock will ever happen again yeah no definitely not and then the the part it's like five or six minutes it's just like the the rain chant to to get rid of the rain the storm <laughs> it was like six minutes of that there were, Which was dude, cool. There, there was like there was somebody during that rain chant or during like the rain, some some electric performer was supposed to go on. I can't remember who it was. It was Santana, I think, because I think I think Santana goes on after the chant. I, well, I, I think like the Woodstock. This is like chopped up, so it's not. Oh yeah, true. It's not like in order, but whoever was supposed to go on during the rain chant didn't, and so like acoustic performers would go out. Mm-hmm. And then and then throw things out because you can't just have like two hours of, of nothing. These people go fucking nuts. And so I think <laughs> that's, that's true, when like yeah. a lot of these acoustic performers stepped up, like Melanie, like like John Sebastian, all the, like, like these people come out 
and give the people something to kind of like tide them over until the bigger ones come on, Santana. Mm-hmm. And by the time Hendrix came on anyway, you know, like 75% of the people left. There's only like two, maybe 100,000 people left watching watching Hendrix play. Which is still so many people. <laughs> yeah, well, compare, <laughs> compare the fucking half million that showed up. I mean, Aye. it's... It is just—it's unfucking believable. It is unbelievable, and and I just—I cannot even stress enough how unbelievable Woodstock was because it is quite possibly the only time in human history where like music has been in kind of like perfect harmony. Where it was everybody was there just for the music, not to be a, a dick or to be a douche yeah. or do anything else. Just there to have a good time, man. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this uh, this leads me into my 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 last album, my pick of the week, uh, because I've already collected like ten new records in my backlog that I have to listen to, and this is the only one I had time for because I really wanted to listen to it on vinyl. I've been really getting into this record lately. It's always been kind of like the forgotten record from this band, and the band is Deftones. Uh, it's their their album Gore. It's their eighth record. Came out in twenty sixteen. Um, this has always been like the the album where there was tensions within some of the band members and the guitar player, uh, Stefan was very just not into it. So he just was kind of took the back seat with the songwriting. But over the last like few months, I've been really into this record. And every time I see it, it's always like 35 to 40 bucks, uh, out in the wild. It's always expensive, but I came across it at glass house this last weekend and it was fairly cheap. And I got a 20% discount on top of it. So I was super stoked on discount that. for they were doing they had a they had a sale last weekend remember it was it was 20 percent uh on on used records 10 percent on new records and then 30 percent on 45s that was the the sale they were having this last weekend so i picked it up there so i got it for a really good deal and uh and then i get home i open it and it's fucking white vinyl it's oh it looks so nice it looks so nice so uh i've i've seen people post about this record and this cover and i never knew it was a deftones yeah, this is uh, this. It doesn't look like anything they would have ever put out because it's all the flamingo. It's like the flamingo. It looks like some stupid fucking easy listening Yanni shit. It looks terrible. <laughs> right? It's not Deftones at all. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> but and then and then naming the the album Gore on top of it, just it just doesn't make any sense because it doesn't even say Deftones anywhere on the album cover. It's just there's a parental advisory some like sticker thing at the bottom, and then it's just the picture of all the flamingos flying, and then that's it. So it's it's super cool. It's super cool record. I know you hated it, but I had to put it on here. And my song of the week is the title track Gore because Gore is a good song and this is a pretty underrated record, pretty underrated record. So here's uh here's the title track Gore and then um I don't know, we'll talk about it.
There you go. There's Deftones. There they are. And the song Gore from the album Gore. So what do you think of this one? Hate it? Love it? What do you think? Didn't hate it. Um, okay. Good. Didn't love it. Okay. It's a start. I, uh, I don't like the vocals. I'm just not a fan of the vocals. That's that's always been your issue, huh? Yeah, it still is. Vocals. It's yeah. like I don't know. Everything I've ever heard from them, I think I don't know. I just I I don't I don't like it. I think it's he's too he's he's too boring. I think the band does Fair a lot enough. of really cool things. I I think they can be really really uh complex at times. They can they can add a lot of nuance and I think he just kind of does the same shit over and over. <laughs> okay. I, I, it's, it's a fair thing because that's how I felt about this band for a long, long time. And then I can't tell you what it was. It just it clicked for me and I just became obsessed with this band. Like around <laughs> 2000, I think it was like 2008, I just became totally obsessed. I liked songs here and there, but for I don't know what, it, I really have no idea what it was. And I just, I've just been obsessed with them. They're so good. But no, I, I, not, I get what you mean. I, with I'm, not, I'm not like opposed to this band really i just i don't know i mean, I, I don't much like you don't get a lot of things like bob dylan you don't get why, why oh, people just, like him so much uh, no. like the deftones like what the fuck this is like vanilla shit i don't understand <laughs> see i just i don't agree with you about that at all like, i there's there's like you said already there's so much nuance to their music and the songs are there the melodies can be there on during certain songs like they know when to to get wild. They know when to kind of just do weird shit to be melodic. Like, there's a lot of depth to this band, which I think is super fucking rad. I love I love this band, love them to death. So I like yeah, this record too. Well, at least you kind of enjoyed this song. I thought you might like it more because he he screams a little bit more in this song. And then at the I I don't know if you actually got to the very end, but the very end is just him like just screaming his head off. And yes. then you think it's going to end and it's just like doom, 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 doom. And then you hear just him scream again. And it, there's like maybe five times where you think the song is going to end, but it keeps going. It's so good. I love it. This, you also, the song is five minutes long and it's not. I thought It's almost five minutes long, right? It's four minutes and 59 seconds. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Whatever. That made me giggle. <sighs> so stupid. So stupid. All right, so that that was my pick, and that was the last thing in my backlog. Um, so go check it out, because you should all be interested in it. Uh, so that kind of leads into the the final part here of the some new music. I, do you want to play any of it, or I think there's only like one song? Yeah, there's only one song. Do no. you want to play it or no? Nah, nah. Neither do I. So um, some new, a couple new album releases. Wednesday Thirteen put out a hit, an EP called Antidote. Uh, it's kind of there's one song that's like a sequel to an old frankenstein drag queen song which was kind of cool uh a couple new songs i really enjoyed it i listened to it several times already but i'm a big <laughs> one uh the other thing here is <laughs> why, why is that so <laughs> funny to you but see you didn't even listen to it so you you didn't even give it a i shot. didn't say anything i just said that of course, I just, all i said was of course you did i didn't but, even but say it was also else. so condescending i was just laughing i thought of a funny yeah, joke you were laughing in a condescending way no i thought of a joke i know you didn't what was the joke you have no joke see i told you the no joke, joke was why can't you take a shower with a pokemon <laughs> because he might pikachu 
<laughs> uh, that's a classic, twenty-year-old classic right there. <laughs> um, the the other thing that came out was the Offspring, their new record called the La- Let. Uh, there you go. Called <laughs> Let the Bad. <laughs> what a fucking mess. Uh, this album is called Let the Bad Times Roll. So it's the first record in like eight years, I think, or Let nine years. Let the bad years. times roll. Uh, yeah, that's a great Vandal song, but uh, this song was pretty good. I, I I enjoyed most of it. Most of it was good. Nothing amazing, but it was good. It was. I've listened to it twice, or yeah, twice, twice. It was good. I don't know why you hated it, but you. Yeah. I mean, you definitely prepped me for a better album than I was going to expect. Oh no. Okay. But uh, it was. I don't know to call it good. I, I, there were some solid songs. The opi the opioid song that was good too. Op- op- opioid Diaries, I think it's called. Maybe, maybe not. That was a good I, one. I don't know. I, this is <laughs> overall, like <laughs> this, it was it was fine. But when you start to like pick it apart, it's like looking at like like a guy's hair, and you're like, damn, mm. that guy's hair looks really good. And then you start to get down into it, and you look, and like his roots are all gross looking, <laughs> and he's got like dandruff everywhere and dry scalp and. It just looks like shit. You're like, wow. Okay. Like as an overview, this album's fine. But when what you really weird analogy. To like, <laughs> I was scratching my head at the time, so that's why. <laughs> you were just just making it up as you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But like when you really get down into it, there's a lot of there are a lot of problematic things on this album. And I just they're they're unforgivable and they just don't make any fucking sense. For me, the biggest is is gone away. Oh yes. The the re the reworking of that song. Yeah. A horrible reworking of that song. It was terrible, and it wasn't even the closer. It wasn't even like the last song. The last song was lullaby, and so yeah. you go from this horrible closer, and like no matter what you put after it, it's not going to be a good song. The sequencing is just not in your favor at that point. Yeah, you're right. I no, I, I don't understand why that was there. It was just a very bad move on their part. And then it was they, like they ran out of ideas, and but they needed to fill up like twelve tracks, so that's what they did. And I'm like that's the other thing too. Like, like the instrumental track, whatever, whatever that song is, isn't it "Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies"? No, that no, never mind, never mind. No, I I always thought it was, it was something. Yeah, I know it's not this, but it always reminded me of the Inspector Gadget song. Oh, it it does kind of sound like that, huh? But it's yeah, not. That, but no, that, I, I get what you mean. That's what I've always thought of it as. But they, they, the sequencing again doesn't make any sense coming in between the two songs that sandwiched in between, and it's like a fun, fast-paced punk song on an album that is not fun, fast-paced, or punk. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. And, and I enjoyed uh, it. I, I, I enjoy. I enjoyed. Like I enjoyed probably like sixty to seventy percent of it. I enjoyed no, probably like sixty percent. F- I, I think I enjoyed like forty percent. I do like "Let the Bad Times Roll" though. I do like that song. That song has grown on me, but it's still not one of the better songs. <laughs> still not one. Of, but that the other one, the the sex one, that one was fucking awful. Yeah, like it's not even like a like a funny awful. Like like bumping in my truck. Like that is just so unbelievably bad that you kind of like it. But this one, it just doesn't work. It just does not work. But. I, I think that the sex song may be one of the worst songs I've ever done. Yeah, they, it might be. It might be. 
They have some shit songs, but that it's, might be one of the worst. It's even worse than like all the stuff off Splinter, and it's just it's very very bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. Um, so the last thing we have here, MXPX put out a new song called "Can't Keep Waiting." I I didn't care for it at all. I don't know why. I even put <laughs> you liked it? I just spit all over the board. <laughs> so you enjoyed it? Yeah, it was good. I don't know. I thought it was it was okay at best. Like I didn't it, 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 it. it had a good melody. It's it's a solid follow up to a lot of a lot of the the string of singles they've been releasing. Yeah. And I thought it was I thought it was good. It was so good in fact that this week I spent a lot of time listening to old MXPX. Oh, look at that. Look at yeah. that. Does that mean you're gonna buy the box set? No. No. <laughs> it's it's too much money for too many albums that I don't really want. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. Okay, I'm so for, I'm, I, I'm waiting for the reissues of certain albums, and I'll I'll spend twenty thirty bucks on those each. Bursh. I don't even. Uh, I don't know if Bursh. I would. Maybe like fifteen bucks for a couple records, but yeah, like Ever Passing Moment would be the only one I would probably buy in vinyl. You, you pay you pay fifteen for Ever Passing Moment. That's it. Yeah, I would. That's yeah. you're, then you're never I gonna would. get it. You're never gonna get it. I, I guess I won't ever get it. You're never gonna get it. Never gonna get it. Um, so is that all you got? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that I mean, that, that's it. Stay tuned for the other episodes because we're gonna get into Jane's addiction. We're gonna rank their albums. We're gonna get into their second record, or maybe third, I guess you could say. Uh, so get into that. Um, go to iTunes. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at S Nine Radio. And um, 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 that's it. That's all. Ooh.